Good morning and good afternoon or good evening and welcome to another episode of Japanese Language Teachers of Australia podcast and today it's my great pleasure to introduce Nathan Lane, the president of JLTAV here in Victoria. So welcome Nathan. Thanks Jingo and hello everyone. And if you could just tell us about yourself just briefly apart from what you do. Of course, yes. Well, I've been uh, actually fortunate to be the president, I believe it's for over 10 years now, or just on 10 years. And I, that's made me the longest serving president of the association. But aside from that, I've been teaching for over 20 years. I was born in Adelaide and I attended primary school and secondary school in Adelaide and completed my teaching degree over there as well. And so at the end of my teaching degree, I actually couldn't find a job in Adelaide as there weren't really many Japanese teaching jobs around at the time, at sort of the end of the 1990s. And so I moved to Melbourne and I actually got a job straight away. And I worked in Melbourne until the end of 2019. And then in 2020, I made the move to regional Victoria, to Swan Hill, where I am currently the Deputy Principal of Teaching Learning, but I am still teaching Japanese as well. So that's a little bit about me. Okay, great. So when it comes to your first encounter with the Japanese culture or language, how did that happen? Well, it was way back when I was in year seven, which back in those days in Adelaide, that was still primary school. Now things have sort of moved and now year seven is part of secondary school. And I've got this really vague memory that we were the first year level to experience a language program. And we had 10 minutes of language learning a day and it alternated between German was one week and Japanese was the other week. So it alternated week by week. Uh, and then when I was in high school, we got to choose between French, German, and Japanese. And my mum had done a little bit of study in Japanese and she thought that I would like it. So I chose Japanese, but initially I found it difficult, like a lot of students do. And, and I actually always tell my students, I failed my first hiragana test. And then years later, obviously went on to become a Japanese teacher. But it was in high school, I was so fortunate to have the most inspirational Japanese teacher, Rachel Francis, who still teaches Japanese in Adelaide. And as you know, as teachers, we're often asked to reflect on why we became a teacher. And Rachel really is the reason why. And I still remember to this day, her classes were so engaging. They were so much fun. And I thought, well, that would be a really fun job being a Japanese teacher. And so then I guess my love for Japan was really cemented when I went to Japan on our high school study tour for the very first time, and then went back as an exchange student to spend some more time in Japan studying the language. And then of course, moving on to more formal study at university level. And it was for COVID times, I was actually visiting Japan probably most holiday breaks. So I've actually lost count of the number of times I've been to Japan. And um, one day I might look back at my passport and my old passport and try and count the number of times I've been to Japan. I've actually really lost count. So um, it's a country that I hold very close and dear to my heart. I also remember obviously hosting students from Japan 
as a family when I when I was in high school and one of my good friends but I'm still friends with to this day which is lovely to be able to make that connection so early on um, and to continue that throughout life and one of the other memories I have of growing up in Adelaide in the 1990s was that Japanese food really wasn't as popular as it is today and so going on excursions to the very, very few Japanese restaurants in Adelaide at the time was a really, really special experience to try something that I guess not too many people living in Adelaide at the time would have experienced in the lovely Japanese cuisine. Okay, well, it's a great story. And I guess it shows you how important having a teacher that's engaging can influence on someone's life well into the future, I think. Absolutely. Most definitely. Yes. Yes. Um, so what are some of the challenges you have faced in your professional career, you think? I think as particularly, I guess, through the lens of a Japanese teacher, it's how to engage and support those reluctant learners in the, in the compulsory years of language learning. And that sort of differs, I suppose, from um, different schools where the students have to learn a language for year seven and eight or seven, eight and nine and so on. But trying to, uh, to for those students to see the importance and see the value of learning another language, it can sometimes be a little bit of a challenge. But then oh, on the flip side, it's encouraging students to continue their Japanese studies into the non-compulsory years, right, you know, the way through to year 12. And Many, many years ago, I did the role of languages coordinator at one of the schools that I worked at. And, and I did have quite a lot of fun coming up with different you know, ways, different strategies to advocate for the importance of language learning, not just to the students, but to really all the members of the school community, to, to other teachers, you know, to parents and so on, and to the wider community. So that was a lot of fun when I did that role many years ago now. So you've been teaching for 20 years or so, and obviously your teaching style probably have changed since you started. What are the, some of the main things you think have changed the most? I would say it would be the use of technology. And we've seen that sort of grow and develop over time. And going from when I first started teaching, the very limited access that we had to technology. I remember you'd have to book a computer room at one of the, the, the very first school that I worked at and that didn't, and there were challenges with ensuring that the Japanese script was available on the machines and things like that. Whereas now, you know, we've got so much more access to technology and I think that really helps to engage students in their language learning. I can really see a shift in how that has how my teaching has changed to incorporate so much more technology than what I was able to do 20 years ago, simply because it didn't exist then. And of course now it, and there's so much at our fingertips, which is great. Yeah, I do remember when I was teaching back in early 2000s that we have to use the TV on a trolley and yeah. roll down the corridor and it was the VHS. That, that was, I guess, the the biggest technology that we had and also the OHP yes. that we just drew on and the photocopy was just so slow and it didn't print in color and yeah I do remember those days yeah <laughs> and I remember all that writing out worksheets and in handwritten worksheets because you know, we didn't have a, well most of us have a computer a laptop of some description that we used to do all of our work on but that was 
very limited um, 20 years ago. And I remember one of the schools I worked at, we had, we in our shared office, we had one computer between all of us to use. And so it'd be sort of, you know, taking it in turns um, to, to you know, quickly check emails or do your work on it before someone else wanted to use it. And now we're so lucky to have such greater access to technology, which is sure. really good. Yeah, do you remember those days when I had to bring worksheet on the USB and put it into the computer at, at school and all these Japanese fonts have gone all weird and screaming at the screen <laughs> these yes. days, I guess. Right. And before the other days when we could save things to the cloud and things like that. Um, <laughs> and of course, our students, some of our students don't, don't remember those times, which is really, which is really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Now you've come from basically being an ordinary teacher to, you know, head of department and then eventually basically second in charge of school. What were your, I guess, motivation behind wanting to progress in Korea? For me, it, it all stems from teaching Japanese. I developed such a passion and love for teaching Japanese and, and then through that, love of curriculum design how can i create a curriculum that's really engaging for students and then then i had experience in looking not not at the level that i am now but sort of a middle level curriculum coordinator type position at one of the schools that i worked at which gave me a bit of a taste of overseeing the curriculum and then i really really liked that that experience and then i went to study a master's in educational uh, leadership uh, quite a number of years ago now and that sort of helped me in my leadership journey as well and then I worked uh, as the director before my current uh, role I worked mm -hmm. as the director of pedagogy and innovation at a Catholic school down in Melbourne so that gave me another experience of overseeing the the curriculum which is something that I really enjoy now is that um so to sort of use the skills that I learnt in teaching Japanese, engaging students in Japanese and so on, to then be able to apply that to overseeing the whole curriculum at the school is something that I really enjoy. And I've had sort of two experiences of overseeing the curriculum as the director role back in Melbourne and then of course in this current role as the deputy principal of teaching and learning. So yeah, really great experiences. So what advice would you give to the current Japanese teachers who might be thinking of taking the further step and stepping into a leadership position? I think finding someone that can mentor you is really important and whether that is a colleague at your current school in senior position or a colleague in another school in, in a senior position that can act as a mentor for you that you can go to and ask questions, observe their work and things like that. I think finding a really good mentor will certainly help you in that journey. I think if you have aspirations to, I guess, uh, step out of Japanese teaching and move into a more sort of senior leadership role in a school. Okay. And what advice would you give to beginning teachers who are just in the first or second year teachers? Because it's as a language teacher or in general, we tend to be the only one or maybe one or two compared to English or humanities or math teachers. That's right. Yes. And when I taught down in Melbourne for quite some time at one of the schools I worked at for quite some of that time, I was the only Japanese um, teacher. So I would say 
join your state-based Japanese Language Teachers Association and really attend as much professional learning as you can. And this is a little bit of a plug for the JALTAVI here, but we do offer free membership to students who are studying a teaching degree because we want to support our up-and-coming Japanese teachers as much as we can. And the really active Japanese Language Teachers of Australia Facebook page um, is an amazing space to go to for inspirational ideas and to network with colleagues too that teach Japanese in schools in your local area if that's possible that's really important I think but also find out if there are Japanese teacher networks in the areas where you teach most of the states have that big overarching Japanese language teachers association but I know that there are smaller networks that operate in different areas, whether that's in metropolitan regions or in, in regional areas, but to try and tap into those networks is really good. It's all about professional learning and learning as, as much as, as you can that will then help when you're teaching the students Japanese. Yeah, definitely. I think with the, the current technology available and with the social media, it's so much easier to just get in touch with someone and get advice. Whereas when I started teaching, the only way that I can communicate with other Japanese teachers was just to go to those PDs that may be held like once or twice a year. Yeah, that's right. Yes, yeah. That uh, that immediacy of, of communication that technology's brought on is, is great for us, I think, as teachers. We share things so easily, so readily now that we have that capacity to do so through technology, it's great. And what would you say is your biggest achievement or your proudest moment? I'll probably say, and what we were just talking about before, is becoming the Deputy Principal of um, Teaching Learning at my current school, which is a role that it's a wonderful role and it's a wonderful school to be a part of here in regional Victoria. And what I was saying before about how my passion, I guess, for curriculum stems from teaching Japanese and all those creative ways of engaging students in their language learning and now being given the opportunity to to oversee that is really exciting yeah really i'm passionate and love the work that i do and love coming to work on on a daily basis and yeah, getting to interact with amazing colleagues who you know it's a great privilege to to learn from my colleagues as well and they have lots and lots of ideas not just my japanese teaching colleagues but colleagues that you know teach all sorts of subject areas at school have a wealth of knowledge um, that we that i feel so privileged to be able to tap into so you've taught in metropolitan Mel- melbourne as well as regional victoria what's the difference between teaching japanese at metropolitan school and teaching Japanese at regional college, are there any difference in, I guess, the student's attitude or parent's attitude or school attitude? Yeah, I think for a lot of our students, and of course, and COVID has sort of impacted on the ability to to travel to Japan, um, a lot of our students don't really have that connection with Japan through different experiences, not even just going to the country, but actually within our um, small community here in Swan Hill. We only have one. We only have one Japanese restaurant. We have a beautiful Japanese garden near the Murray River, just down the road. But I guess for the students, they they have very limited exposure, for want of a better word, to Japanese in our little town. So and then of course down in Melbourne, you've got Japanese shops. You've got Japanese restaurants. You've got you know there's a greater presence of Japan in Melbourne for students to 
to tap into where it's a little bit limited in in the regional areas and and the japanese restaurant down the road is lovely and i certainly go there quite often and to the point where they pretty much know what i like to order (laughs) (laughs) or they probably know what you order as well exactly that's right (laughs) okay so what do you think is the best thing about being a japanese educator i think it's and i tapped into this a little while ago it's really learning from our inspirational colleagues and when i think about that in japanese teaching context it i think about the conference that the jatevi organizes each year and being inspired by our colleagues who are so willing to share their wealth of knowledge and their experience and i really do feel fortunate to be part of such a supportive community of colleagues who are really willing to share their ideas their resources and it's all for the benefits of our young learners and going back to the really active Japanese language Facebook page that we have that it really just shows I think how united we are in support of each other with all those great ideas that are shared on a daily basis that helps you know inspire engage our young learners hopefully to continue with their Japanese language studies and hearing students say that they were inspired to continue learning Japanese beyond year 12 because of the positive experiences they had learning the language throughout secondary school or students telling me that they work for they've moved on to working for a japanese related business or a company i think that's you know also one of the best things about being a japanese educator i also think the best thing about being a japanese educator and and of course being an educator in general is that we are lifelong learners we're on that journey of lifelong learning just as our students aren't I've always felt as a non-native teacher of Japanese, I'm a, a positive role model for students studying Japanese as I too always learning new words. I'm, I guess, really living out being a lifelong learner. And I always tell my students to give yourself time and eventually you'll have that light bulb moment and you'll understand how the language work. You'll remember the scripts, you'll expand your vocab, vocabulary and your grammar knowledge and so on. It will you know, click at some point. You'll have that light bulb moment. That's really exciting, I think, when that does happen. As a non-native speaker of Japanese language teacher, how, what method or strategies do you use to make sure your Japanese is improving or up to standard to teach high school students? Yeah, I think it's really important that my language skills are maintained and I do that through lot, all sorts of various things that I do. The times when I was able to go to Japan before COVID, I would always keep a, when I hear new words or phrases or whatever, I'd I'd write them down and keep a record of them and on my phone too. So then I could go back through them and look at the list of words and and put them to memory. But also back here in Australia, I like to watch as many Japanese films as I possibly can and listen to Japanese music too. All those things help to to make sure that the language is fresh in my mind, that it's never going to to leave my mind as well. And I think that's really important to to keep the connection of study and that lifelong learning through those different ways. I think that's really important. And speaking of vocab, what is your favourite Japanese word or phrase? I really love the phrase ichigo ichiya and that, that whole idea of treasuring the moments for it may never happen again i really like that okay great well thank you very much for your time today nathan and i wish you the best for your future and one day you might become a principal and run a full japanese immersion schooling 
Thank you so much, Shinga. It's been an absolute pleasure to be interviewed. And I think this is a really great initiative to hear the stories of our colleagues from across Australia. It's it's really lovely to hear the different journeys that uh, we have all been on. So thank you very much for inviting me to be a part of it. Not a problem. Thank you very much.